0: Good morning everyone, this is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Good to be here this morning on a day that the Lord has made for us to rejoice and be glad in. Uh, good to have everyone here. You notice I'm by myself this morning, but I'm really not by myself. i got David, uh, David. <laughs> i got David Deb, Raven Deb, right here in the control booth with me. Pastor Terry is with us. He's just on assignment in another location. But good to have all of you here with us today. If you're joining us for the very first time, this is the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. This is an expository teaching in the Word of God. We are here each and every day, Monday through Friday, bringing a teaching currently on the Book of Romans. And we today are in Class 112, I believe that it is. Correct me if I'm wrong. 112 in the Book of Romans. And if you've not been a part of this... uh, uh, you're, I teased one day I said that you're too late. You're actually not too late. You can actually go to our website at www.biggrace.com and you can uh, download the previous classes in MP3 format by going and clicking on Raven Magazine. It will give you information about the ministry, not just here at our home base here in Daytona Beach, but literally all across the United States and in eastern Canada too. So we'd love for you to 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 go and download those, like I said, free of charge. Use them for what you want to. Pass them out, hand them out, and give them to your friends. Uh, use them as coasters frisbees after you get the study whatever it is but those things are available to you in free download if you don't have a way to download those you can actually email me at raven at dot com and request a cd of any of the teachings i'd be glad to send those things to you free of charge the operative word there being free we believe freely we have received freely we give and so good to have you here today god is doing some amazing things uh you can also um, one of the things I want to mention. You can go to our website and you can find out that we have teams literally that are uh, all across the United States. uh, uh Lucy Krogan's here with us. Her, she and Pastor Sam head up uh, Raven East Coast. This past weekend they were up in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Uh, Philadelphia, something. Yeah, it is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm telling my geography's a little. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's that's the right state, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and. uh they were uh, doing outreach right up there in Philly and talking to some folks in, in the establishing, uh, looking at establishing Raven Philadelphia. So that's great. They just now helped uh, helping get established a Raven in Long Island. So as you can see, we're really stretching out all across the United States. And we were down in Miami, Florida, this past week, doing setting the tone for establishing a Miami. Uh, uh, the chapter of Raven as well. So that type of things happening, and we'd love to, to be a part of what you're doing and, and to help you if you just need some help or uh, someone to join in to assist you in your outreach or whatever else. We are here for you. If we can send people in to provide training or teaching or whatever it is in those areas, we have people all across the United States who would love to come. Free of charge on our dime, and to be a blessing to you as well. So check out the website biggrace.com. Love to get connected with you. Uh, Announcement: If you're listening to this live, some people listen to it on a delay, so you may not be getting it at this same time period. But uh, we are gearing up for our, I guess it's had to be the 12th annual. Uh, Raven Outreach to New Orleans during Mardi Gras, right there in New Orleans, Louisiana, coming up February 1st through the 5th. And we'd love to invite you to come and be a part of that outreach in New Orleans. That is a Friday through a Tuesday. And we're there, and we usually have between 125 and 150 of the most radical Jesus-loving soul winners that you've ever met in your life converging on that city and spending those days out in the streets, uh, in the midst of the biggest party But we declare that there ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party Because a Holy Ghost party don't stop And so we take it to the streets And we see literally hundreds of people Come to the Lord Jesus Christ during that time And we'd love you to come be a part If you're a veteran soul winner Or if you're just coming to the Lord Jesus Christ It is an awesome time for you Because we work as a team We're out there and we'll literally go and invade an area for Jesus We won't send you out by yourself and say Well go do it We literally work and we'll go as a, a force into an area uh, worship on the streets, pray, witness one-on-one. And so we'll team you up with people that have done it before on many occasions and uh, and allow you to utilize your gifts and your strengths. So we'd love you to be there. Used to, we would charge that outreach cost us to the ministry about $26,000. Uh, in the past, we've actually charged a registration fee to offset those costs. But uh, this past summer, I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, don't charge it, that he'll provide the, the finances and the resources. And so our teams are, are raising those funds. to to allow you to be there we think it's important for people to be there so if all you got to do is get there and we'll provide you the place to stay for those days three of the best meals you've ever eaten uh uh, tracks bibles the all your local transportation to and from the events there in new orleans uh if you want to fly in drive in whatever we'd love to have you and uh uh, have you a part of the team in bringing people into the kingdom. The harvest indeed is plenteous, but the word says the laborers are few. So he said, pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers under the harvest. So that is our declaration and our prayer today for laborers under the harvest. And uh, if we have to make the sacrifice to get it done, we're willing to do that for the kingdom because we know that in regards to souls, it is such a very small sacrifice. So as uh, Megan tells me, she's my she clicks off my days for me. 53 days until, as Keith would say, BAM! We're going to descend on the city of New Orleans and watch Jesus show up and show out. In a tremendous way. So, looking forward to to those of you I know many of them that, are, that log on us with us every day are going to be there. Also, a quick shout out to our friends that uh, come and pastors from other countries. Uh, we know specifically we've got pastors in Pakistan, India, and in three African countries that are with us uh, uh, on a delayed basis, on a daily, on a delayed daily basis, uh, and take those classes and utilize them for their teaching for their indigenous peoples. And so, we love you folks and, and appreciate what you're doing in those other nations of the world. You are the heroes of the faith because of the what you're willing to endure for the kingdom of God and just the, 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 what you show, just the compassion of Jesus and just the commitment to the work of the cross. And so we love you and we pray for you and just ask God's blessing upon you as well. Also, let me throw this out. If you're in a part of the country that we're not represented and you want to get involved in the ministry, man, we would love to help you establish a chapter of Raven Ministries there. And we're not all about just setting somewhere we're talking. We're about outdoing it, to restore a vision and evangelize nations. We know the only way you can get the vision restored is to get into the Word of God. and So that's why we're committed to being here day in and day out in the Word of God and seeing the Word of God change and transforms our lives as well also quick shout out my mom and dad right there in amarillo texas are with us good to see you mom and dad this morning or good for you to see me i guess because i can't see you you haven't got a camera on your on your computer yet but love you guys and uh, we'll be talking to you later this afternoon let's go to the lord in prayer father we thank you for this day and we thank you lord god for your power lord god that you're pouring out in these last days upon a last day's terminal generation father we thank you lord god even as we talked about lord god last night in Matthew 13, 17, that there's many mighty men, many noble men, many prophets, Lord God, who desire to see the things that we see and to hear the things that we hear, but have not had the opportunity to see or hear those things. But, Lord God, we have been given the opportunity to both see here lord god this is an hour lord god that that history has looked forward to we as we see the unfolding of events lord god not just in this nation that we are in today lord god but in the nations of the earth we know lord god that literally they're the birth pains, lord god of the return of the lord jesus christ jesus told the people as they prayed he said look up you can look up at the sky until it's going to rain can you not even discern the signs of the times lord god we see the signs of the times and we see the urgency lord god that that you called us to in this hour and our desire, Lord Jesus, is to, to, to walk in a sense of urgency, Lord God, in a spirit of expectancy, Lord God, uh, watching and praying, Lord God, and doing that you might find us, Lord God, so doing and occupying until you come. So I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would just fill us, Lord God, that you'd empower us, Lord God, that you'd give us a hunger for the Word of God. Father, you'd just cause your truth to be made manifest in us, Lord God, and through us. And Lord God, we just pray for those that are in other countries, Lord Jesus, that are suffering, Lord God, much more severe persecution than, than we could imagine. We pray for their strength, Lord God. We pray for, for their, their, their health, Lord God, and, and the resources that they need to get the job done for the kingdom. And we pray, Lord God, that they would be encouraged in their faith today, Lord God. That, Father, you'd cause them to walk, Lord God, in empowerment, Lord God. They would speak, Lord God, Father, like the the, the the prophets of old. Their words would ring like iron upon an anvil in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father, they would touch hearts and lives would be changed. That they would be, Lord God, catalysts for revival in their nations, Lord God. That many would come to the knowledge of Christ Jesus, And Father, we just pray, Lord God, for those that have been sick in body. We pray for the the healing, Lord God, of the nations because of what you did, Lord God, when you bore our our sicknesses and our sorrows upon your body upon the cross of Calvary. And we thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes we've been healed. Father, we speak to every sickness, every disease, Lord God, every debilitating condition, Lord God. Father, from from migraine headaches, Lord God, to to cancers, Lord God, that would come in riddled bodies. Father, we thank you that the blood of Jesus is enough. That the power of your word, Lord God, has, has spoken to us and you sent Word, to heal us, Lord Jesus. And so, so Father, we pray for those that are going through medical conditions, Lord God, or, or suffering in any capacity, Lord God, and we ask in Jesus' name that You would touch them, heal them, restore them, Lord God, by Your power, Lord God. And know at this time of study in Your Word, Lord God, that our minds and our hearts would be like a reservoir, Lord God, receiving the, 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 the Word of God and that engrafted, Lord God, Spirit of Christ Jesus into our lives. And all these things we say in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Thank you so much. And so today, folks, we're going to be, and go to the book of Romans chapter 8, and uh, I'm going to read verses 15 through 17 all together to you. Verses 15 through 17 this morning in the book of Romans. And here's what we're looking at. Here's what it says. It says, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In verse 17, what we're going to really be looking at today is, And if children, then we are heirs and heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with Him that we also may be glorified together. Folks, in the last couple of classes, what we, we dealt really pretty extensively with the subject matter of having the spirit of adoption in contrast to the spirit of bondage. You know, I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk in bondage. I walked in, in enough bondage when I was a lost person, so I don't want to trade one bondage for another bondage. I want to walk in the spirit of adoption and the freedom and the liberty, because I know where the spirit of the Lord is, and, and we, we talked about, too, about 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit, and so He resides in us. So I want want to walk in the in the manifestation of the indwelling of the Spirit of God in my life too long that I walked in the spirit of bondage and I, I had the strength of the I, I walked in the chains and the yokes of those things that that, that uh, represented the flesh in this world, but we that was uh, the, the, the spirit of adoption and we would walk in that and we talked about it bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God then in verse seventeen, Paul really serves to kind of qualify this statement, uh, but before i, 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 I get really too deep into verse 17, I want to pay, make a point about what we're going to be looking at in here. by giving you a couple of passages of note uh, that you can note right next to that verse. And, and these are scriptures that we visited a, a time or two at least in the book of Romans. But I want us to look at it again. I'm going to expound on them and take, a little, take them a little bit further into context into what we're looking at in the book of Romans. And the first one is 1 John chapter 4 verses 1 through 6. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. When I say 1 John 4, a lot of you are familiar with those passages. We talked about them, and, and there are some really some uh some, some great truths in 1 John chapter 4. But I want to read that to you in, in, in looking at what we're going to do. I want to read verse 17 of Romans 8. It says, And if children then heirs, heirs of God, join heirs with Christ, if so we be that suffer with him, and also be glorified together. I want you to think about that as I read the fourth chapter of the book of 1 John, verses 1 through 6. Here's what he said. He said, Beloved, believe not every spirit. But try the spirits. We're talking about the spirit of adoption rather than the spirit of bondage. Okay, So he said, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets, that's what the King James says, but a better translation really would be religious imposters are gone out into the world. So he tells us, don't believe every spirit. Folks, some of you have, have struggled with a spirit of bondage that's tried to call itself this, the spirit of adoption. And you thought, you know what, God, I love you. I'm, I'm saved. I'm born again. But it just seems like I'm, I'm so trapped. I, there's a bondage to condemnation. There's a bondage to fear. There's a bondage to unbelief. There's a bondage to, 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 to offenses. There's a bondage to these type of things. But he says... Don't believe every spirit. Just because it says it's something, just because it says it's Jesus, it doesn't necessarily mean it is. And he said, because many religious imposters, many things that pose themselves as uh, from Jesus are not necessarily him. They're gone out of the world. Then he goes on to say, he said, hereby, he said, you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Wherever you have heard that it should come, and now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. You know that out of First John four four. Then verse 5 says, They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. Who are we of? We are of God. So if somebody says, who are you representing? You are representing God. So everything that we say and do as believers is of God, should come out of God. It says, and he knoweth that God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And so he goes back and he says, not every spirit... That uh, not every spirit that confesses, not every spirit that speaks, not everything that's there, not every mouth that, that even that says that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And so, you know, there's people that, you know, will take that and not really looking into it and say, well, if somebody is, uh, if somebody, if you ask somebody, and you asked me this one time, talking about just a quote-unquote litmus test and talking about maybe if somebody's bound by the devil. And so if somebody can say, and I think it was a situation that you were in and somebody was utilized, something like that. Yeah, somewhere in California, she said somebody said, well, if you can tell if somebody's demon-possessed because you'll ask them, do you believe that Jesus has come in the flesh? And if they say yes, that means they are. That's not it, folks. I'm going, to, I'm going to explain a little bit of that in regards to that we are His children and that we are heirs of God and join heirs together with Christ. Because there's a lot of things that come forth, like I said, and declare themselves as the spirit of adoption, but really they are the spirit of bondage once again. And so when He, when he, when he begins to un, uh, uh, lay this out for us, He said, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. Folks, if we are walking in the flesh, and we've been talking about this extensively in the 8th chapter, then then we're not going to see the fulfillment of the manifestation of God's power and presence in our lives. And so we've got to come back to the place where where, where we're we're confessing. And and, and when I say confessing, that word confess, and you need to write this down, okay? Not every one spirit that confesses, okay? And it says in verse 3, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, right there in verse 3 of 1 John 4, Right, circle that word confessing, confesseth. That word confesseth, and we've talked about I've given you the definition for this in a different passage of Romans. And it's homologeo. And it's H-O-M-O-H-L-O-G-E-O. Homologeo in the Greek. And it means to have covenant knowledge. And so, if I confess that Jesus Christ, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, in verse 2, okay? Then, how do I know that that's the Spirit of God? If I come to a place of covenant knowledge. So, every spirit that comes to a place of covenant knowledge in regards to Jesus having come in the flesh is of God. Okay? So, how do you know that the Spirit is coming, that it's the Spirit of God? Because it comes to a place of covenant knowledge that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. Now, that sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Because I could say, well, every devil in hell knows that Jesus. Uh, came as the incarnation, that He came as Emmanuel. And so if I just stopped right there, you know, and just as, as Deb said, they were in California, and some guy that was obviously possessed by the devil, uh, working... Folks, listen, the, the devil knows. And you know, think, think about James 2.19. It says, You believe that there's one God, you do well. The devils also believe and tremble. And so I know that, you know, where it says that everyone spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, I know that it couldn't be as simple as just acknowledging or saying that, uh that Jesus Christ is the Son of God because the devil knows that it 's pretty obvious, but so obviously this has to go a little bit further than just simply acknowledging a known fact. The fact is that that Jesus Christ came, that He lived, that He died. And so there's no debate. We have many times that people want to enter into a debate on, on the existence of Jesus, on whether He was real or whether He died and rose again. Folks, listen. That debate is settled. That is not something that is open for debating longer. Jesus came. Jesus rose again. Jesus sits at the right hand of power. There's no debate in that whatsoever. And so what's debatable is our faith in that finished work and that, and that manifestation of what God has done for us in the redemption process. And so when we confess or come to a place in that, that, that homo lego to a place of covenant knowledge, that's when uh, that Jesus is coming in the flesh. This is a type of coming to him is and check out this, it says, If I believe that Jesus that Jesus is come in the flesh of God, that's what I've got to believe. I've got to come to the covenant knowledge that He's come in the flesh. But this type of coming is not just that Jesus merely showed up. Now, the word says that only a fool would, would say in his heart that there is no God. And so, really, let me take that a little step further. Only a fool with all the evidence. You know, you had Jesus rising from the dead, an empty tomb, and 500 confirmed witnesses to that. And so I know that Jesus rose again, but it has to be more than that. And so that if I come to that place of homologeo, that covenant knowledge, then I got to believe that He is He has come. And that word hum, "come" is so interesting. Is where it's erkomai, and it's you can spell it English, Deb, because good good luck trying to spell it after I said it. It's E R K H O M A. H-E-E, E-R-K-H-O-M-A-H-E-E, Erkomai, and it literally means coming to a place where that influence is established. So I not only have to believe or come to that covenant knowledge, but I also have to come to that place where the influence of that knowledge is established in my life. So folks, I want to say this to you. If I am truly walking with Christ then there's going to become a time and place where I am firmly established in the covenant knowledge and it's been revealed in my life because the influence of the Holy Spirit has been firmly established in my life as well. And so, you know, if I say that Jesus Christ is my Lord, but it's not firmly established, then it's really not... It's not that covenant knowledge. It's not the relationship that has come as a result of me entering into covenant. So when I enter into covenant, covenant just didn't so, it's like a handshake agreement. Covenant is literally, I've yoked myself together with Him. That I have I've, I've all my own designs and my own ambitions and my own desires. I've thrown those things out the window. And what I've done is I've come into agreement. So covenant literally is surrendering who I am to Him and entering into a pact that is unbreakable. And so, but folks, what happened is, is people immediately enter into this covenant breaking relationship with God? They're, they're told, come to, the, come to the altar and say a prayer and you're okay. And they walk away from that place and they're no longer in the covenant knowledge of Him. They're no longer in the covenant intimacy of Christ Jesus. And so it never is, uh, the, 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 the firmly established influence is never there. Now think about James 4 6. It says, We are of God. And he that knoweth God hears us, and he that is not of God hears not us, whereby we know the spirit of truth, or the spirit of adoption, and the spirit of error, or the spirit of bondage, again, unto fear. And so, folks, listen, this, this bearing witness that we talked about is more than just a feeling on the inside. It's the manifestation of fruit that comes forth from our lives on the outside as well. And so you hear people say all the time, well, you know what, I just, I just don't feel right about that, or I just don't, that those don't bear witness it 's got to go be deeper than, than just something that's, that you feel in goosebumps the the, 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 the bearing witness of God has got, got to be more than I just feel a peace or I just feel psychologically okay about it sometimes folks the, the the things that trouble you the most are the things that God wants you to do the most the things that that, that cause your flesh to crawl and to, 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 to finding a place of chaos and a place of confusion or the things that God is calling you to sometimes we think that if God's saying something then then it's going to be a place of just total no, it's a battle when God tells you to go and take territory man, it is a fight to the finish And, and so what you've got to do is you've got to come to that place of that covenant knowledge that place of intimacy and that place that His influence is firmly established that way all these things that you feel or see or experience on the outside they don't have the influence on your decision making Folks, there's many things that God has told me to do that I can't that I may not want to do because of the way I see things on the outside. And so when uh and I, I want to say that again because I don't know if you, you caught all that. When James 4 6 tells us, and we're back we're talking about that if we're children and heirs. He tells us that, that he that knows God hears us, and he that is not of God does not hear us, whereby we know the spirit of truth or the spirit of adoption, the spirit of error, or the spirit of bondage again to fear. And so folks, listen, we've got to come to that place of a relationship with God that indiscriminate of what's happening around us or what we see or or the condition or the challenges that we have, that we are staying firmly planted in in the knowledge of who Christ Jesus is. Why? Because it has been. It's a covenant knowledge. It's not something that's based on the changing of circumstances or situations. It's something that's firmly established in truth and we know it. And so the other passage, you know, I I gave you the James 2.19. Excuse me, I gave you the 1 John 4, 1-6. And now I want you to look at at Matthew 7.21. It says, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Remember, I gave you that word, erkomahi. And it's from the, uh, it, it, literally it means uh, coming to a place where the influence is established. Coming to the place where the influence is established. Now, in this verse 21, this is real interesting. He said, Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that do, does the will of my Father which is in heaven. That word, shall enter. And write that down, Shall enter is the word, the Greek word, ice, erkomahi. And so you can just take that same Greek word and add the word ICE, just like ice. And obviously it's the exact same Greek root. But listen to what it means. It's the same word that's found there in James 2.19. But it means to be in a state or condition of constant Existence. To be in a state or condition of constant existence. And so not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my Father which is in heaven. Or he, that, not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall be in a constant condition, uh, or a, a state or condition of constant existence, but the only one that's going to be in a state or condition of constant existence are those that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so, all of that that I gave you, and you're going to see how that ties in just in a second. It brings us right back here to verse 17. And so he says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ, so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified in him. Now, I want you to look at that. There's a word that jumps out to me. And it's that word, if. Okay? That word, if. And circle it. I think what the church has done is uh, we've eliminated the ifs. You know, we, we can go back into the Old Covenant, if my people who are called by my name, if you submit yourself, if you choose, if, 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 if. And so we see all these ifs. And so when I'm looking at James 4, 6... When it's talking about, you know, uh, you believe that there's one God and you do well. The devils believe and tremble. I'm looking at first uh, at John four four one Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they're of God, for many religious imposters to come in the world. I'm looking at Matthew 7.21. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but those that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so all those verses are if verses for if people. Okay? They're if verses for if people. Folks I want to I'm to walk in the spirit of if okay now when I say if I don't mean if e I don't want, I don't want it to be inconsistent because if I'm walking in if children, if, and I want to say, you know what, I am an if child because everything I do, I want to walk in agreement with that. If I do these things, then my faith will be established. If I'm walking in this, then I'm not going to waver. If I do this, then righteousness is going to be revealed in my life. I don't want to stop at the if. I want to walk through the if into the full manifestation of what God has for me in my life. And so, and here, in, in verse 17, is the Greek word I, which means EI. And it means which coming to a place of fulfilled condition. And so if, that word if is the word EI, and it means coming to a place of a fulfilled condition. And so if... And if children, then heirs of God and joint heirs, if so be that we suffer with him. And so I've got to come, if I want to see the manifestation of no condemnation, if I want to see the manifestation of the spirit of adoption uh, in Christ Jesus, if I want to see that, it means I've got to finally come to a place of a fulfilled condition. And so folks, listen. When it is a fulfilled condition, then it is that er erkome, or it's that condition that establishes an influence in my life, but it's not only that, it's that ice erkome, where it's it's established the influence and it's a condition that establishes a consistency. And so folks, listen, influence and consistency are probably the, the two things that are most often lacking in the professed Christian's life. I talk to many of you on the telephone you're dealing with people, quote unquote, that want to be a part of ministry and do things like that and what you always tell me is, listen, it doesn't seem like you know, the word is influencing them and there's no consistency in their life if any time that I've had to deal with people as a pastor and as a leader, it's telling them, listen, you've got to allow the, the Word to be that which influences you. And you've got to walk in consistency. No one will ever follow someone that is not influenced by the Word, or that is rather influenced by their emotions, Influenced by their situation, influenced by their problems, influenced by their finances, influenced by politics, influenced by by what's going on in their personal life. Whatever that is, what's going to happen is I need to find myself under the influence of the Word of God. Then I've got to walk in that ice, and I've got to walk in the consistency of the Word of God. So let me ask you this. He says, if your children, if, if you're the I... If you're coming to a place of that fulfilled condition, are you walking in that place? Can you say to yourself today, listen, I am under the influence of the Word of God. When people uh, look at my life, they're saying, you know what? His communication and his testimony or her communication or her testimony and the things in their life, they are consistent with the influence of God upon their life. Or would you have to say today and confess, listen, I'm inconsistent. Sometimes I really try and I, and I want to. But I tell you what, there's is, there is gaping holes sometimes in the consistency of God's influence upon my heart and life. Folks, listen. That has got to be the, the, the place. We've got to ercomie. We've got to come to that place where that influence is established. That way we can have that ice ercomie. We've got to have that, that, that place where it's, a, it's a, a state. It's a constant type of influence in our lives. So, folks, listen. It can't just be a temporary influence if... We are children and heirs together with God, and joint heirs together with Christ, that we can suffer with Him and also be glorified in Him. We can't just say, we can't just say, "Listen, I confess and uh, and and I know that it's the truth." We've got to come to a place of covenant knowledge in Him. We've got to come to a place where where it, it moves beyond just the the, the simplicity, or it, com- it it moves beyond just the uh, the thinking that as long as I just kind of acknowledge that. No, it's not acknowledging. It's coming to a place of covenant knowledge that I've come to Him. If the Word of God is inside of me, it's working in me, it's changing me, it's transforming me, and it's reflecting out of my life. Then I know what he's saying when he tells me that I'm the light of the world, that that a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so when he warns, he said, you know what, that light's not there to be covered with a bushel basket. Let me ask you this question today. As an if child and an if heir, has your testimony or has God's influence been covered by a spiritual bushel basket? You say sometimes, listen, it flickers and sometimes it doesn't. But what I do allow myself to get caught up in the cares of the world, I allow myself to get caught up in the trials of, the, of, of my faith. And it, so as a result, listen, I'm not under the constant condition of the influence of God. I'm not under that place of, of constancy. And as a result of that, it, 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 it diminishes the testimony of my life and the power of God that walks, works in me. So folks, listen. Unless we are under the influence of the Holy Spirit and demonstrating a consistent walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, then you will never, okay, you will never see the full manifestation of the Spirit of adoption being revealed in your life. You hear what I'm saying? You will never see it. And so you'll always struggle. You'll always have this want to, but you'll never see this experience of seeing the peace of God, the power of God in your life. And it says, And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs together with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be glorified together. Folks, listen. If I am established in the influence and consistency of the spirit of adoption, then the Holy Spirit literally, is what it's saying, it's bearing testimony of that Right now. It's indwelling me. Right now. It's transforming me. Right now. It's empowering me. Right now. It's emboldening me right now. It's encouraging me right now. It's convicting me right now. And it is strengthening me right now. Why? Because that is that constant state. That's that condition of constant influence. That's that place where I'm always there that I'm, I'm, I'm influenced by the Spirit of God. And it's a right now influence. And so if you say to yourself, listen, a right now, that my life is bearing testimony right now. Is he indwelling me right now? Is he empowering me, emboldening me, encouraging me, and convicting me, and strengthening me? Listen, that, that, that influence of the, of the adoption, the spirit of adoption as a child of God is always in the now. It's not something that's put off. It's not something that's late. It is new and it is fresh. Every single morning, it is in us right now for today and for every moment of our life. And so if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And so this adoption, folks, listen, what it does, it speaks of adoption that literally we've been discussing at length in the past several classes. And so we've got to come to that place of that adoption, fixing my sound on this end now. And what this does is this adoption establishes in us, and I want you to know, you that belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you've got to get this in your heart. This adoption establishes in us the highest available position to be in. Okay? And so if I'm coming to a place of adoption in Christ Jesus, what I'm doing is establishing and saying, listen, you are at the highest possible place. Folks, listen. We think about angels. We think about the power, these messengers of God, these ones that have been with him for eons. Listen, they don't have a place above ours. He said, do you not know that you'll even judge angels? and We'll have a position to judge those angels that that fell with with Lucifer. We'll, We'll be in that type of position to rule and reign with him in Christ Jesus. And so we've been given, and think about this, he says you're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, in some states there's this thing called community property in a marriage. And so when you come into the marriage, what happens is everything that was her's, is his, and everything that was his is hers. And folks, there's no prenup agreement in the kingdom. Do you hear me? You don't come into the kingdom. He said, okay, i got a little prenuptial agreement with you. Everything that you brought in is just going to stay yours, and everything I brought in. Folks, listen, when we come into the kingdom, we don't bring anything in. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to give in return except ourselves as a living sacrifice. And so there's no uh, spiritual prenup that we sign, and we say, okay, listen, here's here's the way it's going to roll. Absolutely not. We come in, and he says immediately, what I've done is I've made you an heir together with God and a joint heir together with Christ now if I want to know what it means to be an heir with Christ let me look at what he experienced and what happened in his life in the four gospels man it's a powerful thing and so I want to see the manifestation of those things that were evident and constant do you hear me the constant influence that was on, upon Christ through, the, through the, 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 the person of the Holy Spirit, I want that constant influence to be upon my life. And so this adoption establishes that position and it's not a second-rate or second-class adoption. What, what, what makes us join heirs with Him is having been dispensed a portion equal to His. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said the works that He does, He said greater works will you do because I go to be with the Father. He is dispensing upon us a portion that was equal to the portion of Christ Jesus. So I've got to ask you the question. So what is the problem when we can't walk in the fulfillment of that? Now, is it a God problem? Is it a Holy Spirit problem? What is it? It's an if problem. Because what we do is we don't allow ourselves to be established in that position of covenant knowledge with Christ Jesus where we come to Him and there's a consistency, there's a place of influence, and it's established in us, and it's constant in our life. And so as a result of that, what happens is that the effects of that influence begin to wane. And we move from that relationship of commitment and covenant to Him back to this place of the spirit of, a, of fear, of, a, of the spirit of bondage back unto fear. And so... When we come to Him, we've got to have that place of an equal portion to be able to have that same type of victory. And I want to give you a passage that you may have not have ever thought about it in relationship to this. And it's in Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 24. Luke 15, 11 through 24. And I'm talking about the spirit of adoption and this portion that God has for us. And Luke chapter 15, 11 through 24 says this. It's the story of the prodigal son. And he said a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. What he asked for? He asked for his inheritance. And so, and it's what the father did. He divided up unto them his living. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far off country, and he wasted his sustenance with riotous living. And he had spent it all, it says, There arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in one. He began to get hungry. He was homeless. It says, he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the fields to feed his pigs. And he would feign and have his belly filled with a husk that the swine did eat and, and no man gave it to him. And so what he find himself doing? He asked for his inheritance, he squandered it, now he finds himself out in, in, in the pigsty. And in verse 17 though, Here's another great verse 17. We have verse 8, 17 we're talking about today. And of children... Now look at this verse 17. And it says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's house have bread enough to spare? And he said, Here I am dying of hunger. He said, I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son, so make me as one of your hired servants. And it says, He arose. Somebody say, He arose. And folks, listen... You first of all, in order to come to the knowledge of being a, a, a children and heirs, the first thing you've got to do is come to yourself. You've got to wake up. You've got to snap out of it. And after you snap out of it, you've got to arise. I think of exactly what happened in when Jesus went to the man lying there at the pool of Bethesda for all those years. He "He, he took him. He said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. Folks, listen. You're never going to get that until you get up out of your pigsty. Until you get up out of your failure. Until you get up out of your condemnation. Until you get up out of your fear. And it says, He arose and He came to his father, and but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had what he had compassion on him, and he ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no more worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, not to that son, but he said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring uh, the fatted calf, kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead, but is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. Folks, listen. What the prodigal in in regards to what we're studying today and in this context represents literally man's position before the fall. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, what did they have? They They dwelt in their father's house. All of his possessions were theirs. They didn't have to say, I want just a portion. Everything that was there, he gave them authority and dominion over. And so what happened? They took his inheritance or his God-ordained peace or place of constant influence and they squandered it. When Adam fell and the sin nature entered in, it's exactly the same thing that happened in the, the, the situation here in Luke 15 with the prodigal. Adam and Eve sinned. They, they, they found themselves in a far-off country. But the good news is, when the Spirit of God came upon us, we come to ourselves. No one can call Christ Jesus Lord, except the Spirit draw them. We were drawn by the Spirit's influence. We were drawn by His wooing upon our heart and upon our mind, upon that transformation. And we came to ourselves. But listen to this. It says, in the midst of all those problems, in verse 17, uh, it says He came to Himself. And folks, listen. He said, I know I've squandered my inheritance, but I know that I would be better off as a servant in my father's house than where I am now. And he returned home, which is a type of repentance unto salvation. But listen to this. I love it. He wasn't greeted as a servant, but he was greeted as a son. What did we talk about from the very opening uh, 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 stanza in Romans chapter 8? The first, There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Folks, Listen. You may have been out in a pigsty. You may have been in a, in a foreign land. But the second that you begin to come back and return to your father's house, what happens? God immediately begins to bring you back that portion. God begins to immediately exact His influence upon you. He immediately begins to to, to bring you to that place to in desire to firmly establish you in those type of things. And so He He came not as a as a as a servant, but He re, uh, returned as a son. And folks, listen. He didn't dress him out in the chains of a servant, but in the robe of a child, as one that was an heir together with Christ Jesus. He wasn't condemned, he was consoled. Now you may be there today and you're expecting God, and because you've squandered the, the influence and the inheritance, maybe you're there today and you say, Man, God, may I've made so many mistakes. Maybe you're in the midst of some of those trials and those mistakes right now. And so, but when you come to him, He's not coming to condemn you. When you come to Him, after you've come to yourself and you rise up out of the filth and the influence of this world and you rise into the influence and the consistency of the Spirit of God and the Spirit of adoption in your life, He's not going to condemn you, but He's going to console you. He's going to embrace you in His hands and then He's going to bring you to that place where you're bearing testimony right now. He's indwelling you right now. He's empowering you, transforming you, emboldening you, encouraging you, convicting you, and strengthening you right now. Why? Because you've come to that place where you found yourself in the arms of the Father. He came back into the house with all the privileges of the erkomi, or the one established in a place of authority, in influence. He came right back into that house and he told the servants, listen, he might have been gone, but this is my son. He may he may look like he's been living with pigs for a while, but this is my son. He may be uh, having some issues that we need to sort through, but this is my son. He is coming under my influence. I'm going to begin to, to work in him a constancy. He's coming to that place Place. This is my son, and here's what I want you to go do. And so at B, uh, he's establishing us back into that place. Folks, listen. It, it goes right back to that. If we're children, then heirs of God and join heirs together with Christ. I don't know what you've been through. I don't know what you're suffering. I don't know what you're having to overcome. But here's what I'm telling you. If you're faithful to confess those sins and those faults, if you're faithful to the place where you say, God, I've squandered your influence. I've been inconsistent. I've not allowed your influence and your covenant knowledge to reign in me. What does he want to do, folks? He doesn't want to condemn you. He wants to console you. And he said, okay, now what I want to do is I want to establish you. I want to make a sacrifice for you. I want to put a ring upon your fingers, shoes upon your feet. I want to bring you back into the place. You were dead, but now you are alive. And so he came back into the house in the same place. That he was. He didn't have to earn his keep. He didn't have to say, well, I had my one chance and I I blew it. Or I, "I God can't use me anymore. Or God can't speak through me no more. God wants to raise you up back into that place of covenant knowledge in him. And so he goes on to say, he said, if so, and again, that same word. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may also be glorified together. Folks, listen. If we suffer with him. That word is the, is the Greek word, sum pasco. Sum pasko. You can spell it in English if you want to. S-O-O-M-P-A-S-K-H-O, sum pasko. And literally it means to feel the same things. And so if I'm a, if I'm an heir with Christ, you know what I feel? I feel the same things that he is. And so the same thing that moved him with the compassion in, in Matthew chapter 9, ought to move me. The same things that that, that caused him to feed the hungry ought to move me. The same things that that caused him to to heal the sick ought to move me. So I need to be feeling the same thing that he felt. Folks, listen. I've said this for years. The the problem with, with the church today is the church feels the same thing the world feels rather than feeling the same thing that God And so what we want to do is we want to become more like the world to try to win the world, uh, to to try to influence the world rather than try to be more like Christ to win the world's soul. You know, we we don't need to be about trying to win the world's influence. We need to be about winning the world's soul. But the only way that we can win the soul of the world is to feel the same things that he does. The the same things that repulse him should repulse us. The same things that break our heart, that break his heart should break our heart. The things that move him with compassion ought to move us with compassion. The things that that cause Christ to Jesus to, to, to suffer the death of the cross ought to be the same exact thing, same things that, that move us. If so we be that suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. Folks, listen, what that deals with when he's talking about if I suffer with him or I move with the same things as him, what am I doing? I'm dealing I'm glorified with him. That deals with living the resurrected life. Now, let me ask you, how many of you are living the resurrected life? You say, well, I'm not dead yet. How can I get, how can I get resurrected if I'm not dead? I want, I want to tell you exactly how. John chapter 11, verses 17 through 25. John 11, 17 through 25. Uh, they, they came to Jesus and say, listen, your friend, the one that you love, Lazarus is sick. Would you come and pray for him? It tells us that, that Jesus had delayed his coming. And it says in verse 17 don't you love all these verse 17s today we got uh, Romans 817 we had what uh, we had Luke 1517 and now we got uh, John 11:17 it wasn't by design it just works out that way and it says then when Jesus came he found that he had lain in the grave for four days already now that guy had been dead a long time his influence his uh, his constancy he, had, he he stunk in other words it, it says now Bethany was nine to Jerusalem about 15 furlongs off and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary still sat in the house. Then Jesus said to Martha, uh, then Martha said to Jesus, Excuse me, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died, but I know even now whatsoever you will ask God God will do it to you for you And Jesus said to her, "Your brother shall rise again and Martha said to him, "I know that he shall rise again at the re- re- resurrection of the last day and Jesus said to her I am the resurrection and the life, and he that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Folks, listen. If I'm going to be glorified with God, according to Romans eight uh, seventeen, listen. I'm going to live a resurrected life right now. But what we do is we 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 live the the error that 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 Martha had in that exact same situation here. That we think our situation is gone, we think, well, one day Jesus is going to come back and everything. But in, it, but in the right now, listen, it's nothing's going to be great. I'm going to always struggle. I'm never going to have victory. I'm never going to really see the constant uh, uh, consistency of, of of walking in that, that 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 spirit of adoption in Christ Jesus. Folks, listen, that is a lie straight from the pits of hell. If I can make it so plain. He's, she said, I know that it's going to come. I know that one day that you're going to wipe the tears from our eyes. I know one day that, that, that Lazarus is going to rise again. We'll get to see him. And Jesus had to remind her. He said, listen, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Folks, Listen. The resurrected life is not something out there. The resurrected life is a condition of being as it relates to being an heir together with Christ Jesus. The resurrected life is is, is a position of being glorified with Him. It's the spirit of adoption that adopts us into that resurrection. We've talked about it. If the same spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, it's going to bring a quickening upon you even in the right now and so what it's going to do it's going to bring a resurrected testimony to you it's going to re- bring a resurrected faith it's going to be a, a bring a resurrected consistency a resurrected righteousness a resurrected holiness if we're children and we're heirs and if we come to that place of covenant knowledge and a consistency bearing forth in our life as we consistently and constantly walk those things out in Christ Jesus now if you don't folks listen you're going to be just like Lazarus laying in the tomb you can sit there and you can stink all you want to you're going to be just like the prodigal who found himself living amongst the pigs, and you're going to be in a constant uh, uh, place of regret, a constant place of what if. Now, am I talking about circumstances changing? Absolutely not. We are not under circumstances. We're under the covenant promise of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your circumstances may be the same. Your, your, your trials or your tribulations may be the same. But it's not what's on the outside that matters. It's what's on the inside. My covenant is an inside. His kingdom cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God is within us. I need to see the manifestation of His kingdom inside of my life feeling the same things that He felt. That way I can do the same things that He did on a constant basis. And so if I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus, that means that not only do I have the the, the joint uh, privileges, but I have the joint responsibility. And so as that joint responsibility, I have got to come to a place of constant, of consistent, covenant knowledge in Christ Jesus that there's a, a, a the influence of Him is upon my life, that I'm walking in those things so I can do what He did. And Jesus said this, folks, He said, I came, but not, the only reason I came for was to seek and to save that which was lost. And so if your life is not consistent with bringing people into the kingdom, you are not walking in covenant knowledge. If your life is not consistent with ministering to the broken, you are not walking in covenant knowledge. If you do not have an urgency about that person that that may slip into eternity, you are not walking in the influence of that covenant knowledge. If you're not concerned about your neighbor going to hell or the person you work with, if you're not concerned about walking in holiness and righteousness, you are not walking in the covenant knowledge of the joint heir condition that God has promised us in His Son Jesus. That's just the bottom line. Many religious imposters, what does it say? Have gone out into the world. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom, but those that do the will of my Father. And so, folks, listen. If I'm going to have that, I've got to have something that's produced in my life on a consistent and regular basis. And that has got to be the prayer of our life. That has got to be what we say to God. God, if anything, make me consistent in walking in your influence. Because I don't want anyone that's on the outside that's lost looking for that epistle that's written on my heart. I don't want anyone to see me and say, why would I want to serve this Jesus? That person is just as inconsistent as me. That person wavers and is controlled by their emotions and their feelings just like I am as a lost person. I want somebody to look into my life and say, listen... That person does not waver because of circumstance. That person is not up one minute and down the the next. That person is emboldened. That person is empowered. That, That person is strengthened by the Spirit of God. They are most assuredly an heir together with Christ Jesus. Folks, listen. That's the type of church that Christ Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish, a church walking in power, a church walking in holiness, a church walking in unity, not some inconsistent type of position, but one that's walking in consistency with the blood of Jesus and the power of His resurrection in our life. When? Right now. I want to read verse 18 to you. Verse 18 of of, of Romans chapter 8. As we continue on, it says this. It says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Folks, listen. We've got to come to a place that says, Listen, God, if I'm going to be consistent with you, that that nothing that I go for, the the sufferings, the, the problems that I'm facing right now, they cannot be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Be revealed in us when? Folks, so many times we're looking out revealing us right now, revealing us when we come to that place of covenant knowledge in Christ Jesus. God, I want to see your glory made manifest. Folks, listen, I believe that we are approaching a day and age in which the glory of God is going to be poured out in a degree that it's never been poured out before. Now, I'm not talking about uh, going to and, and having our, our, our spiritual kumbayas and something for us. I'm talking about the glory of the Lord being revealed in us to a darkened world. I'm talking about when we are willing to suffer through these things, suffer through crucifying the flesh, sur- suffer through in- enduring the The trial of our faith suffering through those things that that if we're willing to suffer through those things what we're going to see is we're going to see the glory of God revealed in us you hear me not just outside of us but in our lives that way we can go out into a darkened world that is crying out and looking for an answer we're going to see the glory of God we're going to see the manifestation of God's power and deliverance this past week we found ourselves right there in the streets of 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 A guy came up that had obviously been hooked on drugs. He was in a situation of sexual immorality. Man... The glory of God was revealed in him. The power of God hit him. Man, he began to weep. He dropped to his knees. We had another man that was uh, on the verge of a divorce that, 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 that Pastor Terry and Eileen talked to. Then I got the chance to talk to him after he came down to the, the bottom of the hotel and, and just began to preach the Word. He dropped to his knees. The glory of God came upon him. He, he broke down and, and, and asked Christ Jesus to come into his life. I passed, talked to Pastor Sam last night on the telephone. They were in, 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 in uh, Philadelphia doing an outreach there and, and working to establish Raven Philly and said that... Uh, uh, heroin addicts and people were getting saved and delivered right there. Why? As they were walking in the consistent influence of God, the glory of God was revealed to those that are lost and hurting and dying. Pastor Alex and Pastor Craig were right out here on Seabreeze, right here in Daytona Beach. Man, they went out there and began to preach the Word of God and, and the glory of God was revealed and, and, and hearts were convicted and lives were being changed. Folks, wherever we go, whatever we do, we need to go under the influence so we can be an influence to people. Why? Because if children, then heirs, heirs to together, join us with Christ so that we suffer with Him, we can be glorified in Him as well. And the things that we're going through now, the things that we're suffering, they will not compare. They're not even worthy to even compare. Lord God, I'm going through this, but what? Man, we get to walk in the power of His resurrection and see the glory of God revealed us. I'm going to be talking about it a little bit more in verse 18 tomorrow, but we are out of time here today. We love you. got one bit of advice for you. Get into God's Word and God's Word will get into you.